It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Canada's Podcast, Canada's number one business podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Philip Bliss, host of the Ontario Edition, coming to you today from Toronto. Today, we're going to interview Dom Desjardins, who's Vice President and Deputy Chief Economist at RBC Royal Bank. A recent RBC Thought Leadership Report, Small Business, Big Pivot, really resonated with the entrepreneurial team at Canada's podcast. And Dawn agreed to come on the show and give our listeners and viewers some insights on its findings. Dawn, welcome to Canada's podcast. So Dawn, l- let me dive in and ask you the first question because I, I always like people to to stay with us while we get while we get the question. So I think we all know that small business has been hit in the current pandemic, but maybe Let's start by you know, giving some numbers, a snapshot of the impact to small business and the overall economy in Canada. Well, Phil, uh, small businesses, as we know, are very, very important, uh, accounting for 42% of our economic output. Uh, they created 48% of new jobs uh, in recent decades. And early in the crisis, firms that had 100 employees or less, so that's to give you a ballpark of what kind of, what size of companies we're talking mm-hmm. about here, they accounted for about 60% of the jobs that were lost. And that's more than double the share of the job losses that they accounted for during the Great Recession. So that's just to give you a little bit of context about Ooh, how- that's, that's scary, yeah. It yeah. is, it is. And recent surveys um, indicate that small businesses now say, so this was as of mid-June, so mm-hmm. about a month ago, only about a third of them said they were back to the usual number of employees. And that's even though, when we read the headline numbers for the economy, you know, mm-hmm. we've had lots of jobs being created. But for small businesses, it's still quite a struggle. And we know that, uh, you know, overall, the scale, the size of this economic downturn is unprecedented. Um, we were only closed for half a month in the month of March. And when you think about it, it's quite amazing that that was able to drive our economy into negative territory by over 8% annualized pace in the first quarter. So that was just two weeks. So when we look at April, uh, that was by far a a much worse month for our uh, economy. And that showed economic growth down 12% in that month compared to March. So these are numbers that as an economist, you're not looking to ever forecast that um, or think that that's going to be it. So overall, I would say what we're seeing is an economy that is under significant downward pressure um, across the board, in particular for small businesses, but certainly across the board. In fact, we wouldn't be surprised if for the second quarter of 2020, the economy contracted at a greater than 35% annual pace. But the data for uh, May and June, a little bit better, you know, we've had this gradual reopening. Mm-hmm. Overall, we saw 3 million jobs lost in the first couple of months and mm-hmm. about 1.2 million jobs recreated in May and June. But doing the math, uh, you know that that's 1.8 million fewer Canadians working and then in February. So it is a pretty large number uh, economic downturn. And we think on net when we exit 2020, we think we'll have some growth in the second half of this year, but we'll still be down about 5% compared to where we were at the end of 2019. And we'll still have an unemployment rate at about eight and a half percent. So that's three percentage points above where we entered this year. So you know, pretty tough environment for businesses. What happens in the future? If small business, which you say quite clearly is taking such a battering, 
what role do they have in our recovery? I mean, I want to stay on the positive side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because we know um, yeah. small businesses are so key to our mm-hmm. economy, right? They, mm-hmm. they are the job creators. They're the ones that are paying the tax revenues uh, mm-hmm. in our cities. They're the ones that are uh, supporting our communities. So definitely when we think about what does it mean for the future, it is getting these small businesses gradually back on a growth trajectory. Um, And we know some are going to take longer than others, but we do think that as the opening, reopening, I guess I should say, for the economy continues, it will start to see businesses uh, come forward and start to see increased demand for their goods and services, and in turn, allow them to hire some of their employees back. It's all very well, that's a very positive statement, but, you know, speaking to friends of small businesses how do they do that you know you know what i mean it's it's hard you know what what are the challenges you know they face i th- i think that, you know it, we need a little bit more explanation i know in the report there was a good bit on mm-hmm. that and i, I yeah. think it's it's going to be really useful to to hear it yeah i mean we know that businesses small medium and big have faced significant challenges during this downturn Um, In particular, when we think about small businesses, some of them have high fixed costs. Um, Some of them have very, very razor thin margins and so very low cash flow. So these have been challenging uh, their very survival. And as we go forward, the other factor that I think has happened is we've seen the way the economy is operating change. Uh, Certainly more mobile um, and more digital. And so we looked at surveys in our report. Um, this was 2017. So probably some ground has been made. But having said that, in 2017, Statistics Canada said that nearly half of the firms that had 500 employees or less, so still, you know, in the medium size, really, they didn't have a digital, uh, their own business website. And if they did, only about 10% of them could actually receive, transact, receive payments. So we think about today and what's happening in terms of the economy and what this has caused. You know, a lot of this physical digi- uh, distancing, the fact that we had to close down businesses. You know, mm-hmm. that said that the companies that were digitally enabled at least were able to get some cash flow through during this very d- difficult time. So, you know, that is definitely um, a big challenge because it's almost like the game has changed um, and it's changed far more quickly than most of us would have expected. Now, governments, we know, are, are really trying to help. They're trying to shore up businesses, provide them with cash flow, talking about ensuring that we have high-speed internet across the entire country, so really trying to ensure that the setup is there for businesses. But again, we have to also support businesses as they make that journey because it is a totally different world as we go post-COVID. So, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but being a small to medium business entrepreneur and mm-hmm. uh, that talks to hundreds, thousands of, of small business entrepreneurs across the country, we've got debt loads, you know, and we've got loads of debt. You know, the, 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 the government gave us some, some great grants, but, you know, this has got to be paid back. Consumers' behavior is changing. You know, I, li- I live in downtown Hamilton, and yeah, there's patios, but there's not as many people as there used to be. I think they've got that 90-day kind of lockdown really, yeah, it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, supply chains, all of these things, you know, have you got any insights into that? Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you know, the data, it shows, I mean, you know, the real life situation, but even looking from the data um, point of view, we see industries have debt loads that are very high, some industries, uh, some companies. And so, as you say, we have seen some government programs really hoping, uh, hoping and helping um, some of these companies get through this tough patch. We've seen deferrals of certain taxes, for example, deferrals of some fees. So that's all really trying to address that idea of elevated levels of debt, but really making it to the other side of this crisis. Mm -hmm. And when we think about consumer behavior, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, ch things have changed remarkably. You know, we look at things like e-commerce and some of it, and wow, that, that number is, is picking up quite considerably, as one would expect. Um, that was the only way you really <laughs> could get anything. Mm -hmm. And you even think about how businesses are trying to adapt you think about dine-in restaurants you know now you can order from them and at the same time you know buy wine and spirits and and uh beer from them so so we are seeing businesses adapt and that's all very good but it's going to to continue i think along that road we're going to have you know more digital uh whether it's delivery uh we're going to have probably more domestic procurement uh, we're going to probably see a little less market concentration and probably, I would think, and just to your point, you know, caution on the on the behalf of, of consumers. I mean, people are, are nervous. They don't want another outbreak. Um, they're concerned about how, you know, they're going to be uh, shopping. Um, so I think all of that says to us that you're right. There has been a significant shift and businesses are going to really have to figure out how can they get their product to these people? Um, so, you know, when we think about what does that mean in terms of supply chains? Well, I mean, I think many global supply chains will remain intact, but, you know, this really did bring to light the vulnerabilities of these supply chains. So wouldn't be terribly surprising if we saw a little bit of onshoring and that does create opportunities for some companies locally to sort of step into the void where we've only been going outside of Canada. So you know, you, without being too pessimistic, I still want to dive deeper into the state of small business in general in Canada. I think it's good for everyone to know what the numbers are. Um, and I know, I know the report has some of those numbers. So you know, maybe you can let us know what some of those are. Sure. I mean, you know, we're thinking about small business and you think about just how varied and how many different industries these small businesses touch. Um, and when we look at the data, what it showed us that was in 2019, so just last year, which seems a decade ago, almost 43% of employment in the private sector came from businesses with employees less than 100. So, you know, definitely it tells us that this is, these are the companies that are driving job growth. They're driving our economy. As I said at the beginning, you know, we're looking at companies that generate 42% of our economic output. So definitely, you know, very meaningful and very important for Canada's economy as we move forward. I, I think most entrepreneurs in Canada don't really have a picture of how important they are. So let's, let, let's give them credit. How does entrepreneurship in Canada rank against some of the other countries that you've looked at? Well, I think what uh, international studies would say is, you know, we are a good country for small businesses. 
In uh, a World Bank survey, for example, uh, they said that Canada ranked number two as uh, one of the easiest places to set up a business. So that's good. We also rank very high in terms of entrepreneurial traits. And they're asking, you know, people about what their aspirations are and how they feel about risk taking or, you know, how confident they are that they can run their business mm -hmm. and be successful. And again, we do have very high ratings there. And of course, when we look at our tax laws, um, you know, for small businesses, uh, it is comparing quite favorably to other countries across the globe. So I would say from the entrepreneurial uh, standpoint, uh, Canada does present a pretty good market for businesses to, to get going. Oh, some good news. That's great. Uh, sounds really good. So I guess the next thing is, what's the support like in Canada for those entrepreneurs? Well, that's really where we get the rub, I guess I'd say. You know, when you look at the data, um, what does it show us? Well, it shows us that Canada has small, uh, many more small businesses than in the United States, for example. So it suggests that we're great at starting companies, but growing them, that is more challenging. In fact, uh, when Statistics Canada looks at companies and they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, what's our economy made of, um, only about 10% of these companies are considered high growth companies. So, you know, these are the areas we need to work on. And then when you think about, okay, so how, you know, what's what's impeding that? Well, one would be, of course, interprovincial trade barriers. It's been a, a thorn in the side of many uh, a company for, for a very long time. And the other thing is what we've noticed is there's been a, a shortage of, of capital to get these businesses growing. Um, maybe not so much going, but growing. So when we look at venture capital, deal flow, Mm -hmm. um, Canada is running about 2% of what that deal flow is in the United States. So, That's you know, we're at a 10%, we're at mm -hmm. a 2 on this one. Mm -hmm. So definitely, I think, you know, we have some impediments to growth. So it is getting through these impediments, getting these times of uh, capital, as well as the regulatory, the, the red tape, getting that dealt with that will help our, our uh, companies rather grow. So we're here, we're, we're four months into the pandemic. It'd be great to consider where we're at and maybe where we're going to. Uh, do you have any data that can that can guide us? A lot of people really interested in that stuff. So you know, some data data always helps. Data does help, yes. And so what we did was we said, okay, you know, just when we're trying to think about our economy, the deep hole we were in, you know, what's going to look like on the other side. So we tried to look at companies. Um, who had revenues between $30,000 and $5 million per year. So we thought, okay, that's going to be sort of our universe of small businesses. And then we said, okay, so that's our universe. Let's dig into the data and see the role of fixed costs in their operation, uh, how they are set up from a liquidity point of view, because we knew that would be very important. And then, of course, layering on that, what types of businesses or in what industries will this physical distancing, which is likely to persist even though we're going through these phases of reopening um, and what's that in, you know, implications for them. So I guess I'll start with a you know, slower growth story first. We found five industries that are going to continue to be pretty challenged, you would say, as we go throughout 2020. Uh, accommodation and food services, arts and entertainment, non-essential retail, mining oil and gas. And of course there, that's an added ripple for them because this pandemic has reduced Commodity prices so significantly in particular yes, yeah. oil prices, um, and then commercial real estate leasing. So you know, 
we looked at those three factors. So these are the, the five industries where we say, okay, they have higher fixed costs in general. Uh, they tend to have higher debt loads. Um, and so they, and they also, of course, require physical interaction. So that's going to really keep them being very challenged, even mm -hmm. as we go through this reentry phase. Now, when we look at the companies in the manufacturing, uh, professional services, you know, they tend to be in a better position um, to manage this, this period of, of weakness. They tend to have lower fixed costs, but they have higher variable costs. So they're able to, to change their structure a little bit and they tend to have more liquidity. So it gave them a, a leg up in terms of being able to get to the other side, I would say, of the pandemic. Well, that's great, but it's still kind of depressing what you were saying there. Uh, um, but, you know, let's not stay with now. Let's think of, of futures a bit. We know, we know there's going to be a new normal. We, we're living in it, okay? Can you give us some thoughts on the future so our listeners, viewers can prepare and maybe refocus a bit? Yeah, as I said earlier, you know, the economy fell quite significantly in um, that period uh, between March and April. It's sort of gradually creeping higher as we go through May, June, and we'll really start to uh, show some greater strength um, as we go through the second half of this year. And of course, this assumes that we don't have any broad-based outbreak again. You know, mm -hmm. small yeah. croppings, you know, we think that can be managed for the economy, but if you start to see what we've just lived through, you know, of course, uh, all bets are off in terms of that growth. Mm -hmm. But when we think about where that leaves us, again, probably with a bit of a deficit compared to where we uh, were uh, when we entered 2020. Now, when we think about those hard hit industries that I referred to, we did some analysis to try and figure out, okay, what does that look like for them? What should they be expecting? You know, when we think of things about art, um, arts and entertainment, you know, if we're not going to have thousands of people able to congregate anytime soon, you know, that's going to leave them in a pretty tough spot. So we have them, you know, the growth not recovering, only half of the growth recovering compared to the decline we've seen by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. Food and accommodation services, you know, again, probably about a third below where they, they would have been had it not for this, been this pandemic. Other sectors, of course, professional services, healthcare, um, those industries will get back, we think, to, you know, within a pretty uh, narrow margin of where they were. So, you know, again, we think that we're going to see pent-up demand, you know, being released into the economy. Um, we have a consumer tracker that we look at, and we're just trying to get a gauge on how our consumers coping through this. And mm -hmm. what it showed us for the month of, by the end of the month of June, is that spending activity had basically returned to where it would have been uh, a year ago. So now, we all know it's not a broad brush, it's yeah. groceries and all pretty pretty simple things, not travel. But again, we, we just, you know, we know that we're going to be seeing an uneven, it's going to be bumpy, no doubt, but we do think that the recovery will occur um, over the course of this year. Now, when we go through 2020, we're looking for our economy to grow by 4%, so that's good news. Again, doesn't mean we totally recover all that output loss. In fact, that may not happen until mid-2022. So I don't want to give anyone the impression that we're expecting a surge in growth, but we are expecting right. that we're at the bottom in April and we're going to climb out of that. So to summarize, what should you know small business be thinking about in, let's say, in the recovery? 
because I think that, that let's let's be positive about this. And what yeah, yeah. kind of help can they expect to focus on the, these new opportunity segments? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to think of um, you know, how to gather our thoughts to think about how this could be, you know, uh, positive as we go forward. So we had kind of a five uh, point plan that we think, you know, addresses some of the issues that are absolutely going to have to be addressed. And of course, one of them is government support. And there we have seen the governments pull out all the stops. Uh, certainly, they created many, many different programs. Um, some of them, like the emergency uh, benefit account for business, count, rather for, for businesses, about that $40,000 loan, you know, some of that was forgivable. You know, we'll see if we continue to see pressures, maybe more of that will have to be forgivable as we go forward. Uh, we have seen the government announce recently uh, their intention to extend the wage subsidy program so to the end of the year. So that should be helpful uh, to small businesses who want to get some of their employees back on the payroll. Of course, we also have to think about the second thing, which is how do we help businesses open in the safe environment? You know, what about personal protection equipment? Uh, what about ensuring that they have met ways to keep that physical distancing? Mm -hmm required it and some of that may require just getting together as groups uh, joining chambers of commerce all of this really trying to figure yeah. out ways that people can tap into those resources mm -hmm. digital networks you know that's definitely i think one thing we've learned is that companies that were already digitally enabled they just had that leg up in terms of others so you know the government is committed to get high-speed internet across the country great they're going to continue to push with that but we also need to see um, development of, of entities that help small businesses get online, period, help that happen easily for them. And of course, we have to think about how do we help people get their supply chains if they want to onshore them, how do we support that effort? Um, you know, this idea of, you know, buy canned or buy local. The other thing we looked at um, in other reports is sort of the tourism industry. You know, if people are unable to come to Canada, Okay, that leaves a bit of a hole in our economy. So how do we encourage Canadians, um, if they're going to take time off, visit other Canadian cities? And so what does that tourism element look like? And I guess the other aspect and the final one would be sort of how do we help small businesses who say, okay, you know, that's great, but I think there's good demand for my product outside of Canada. Like how do I get some support to, instead of just go local, go global? Um, mm -hmm. So setting up some kind of trade accelerators um, is sort of the fifth pillar we've, we've suggested in our report. That's cool. So it's really helpful. Uh, but you, you know, I can't finish. We've got RBC here. What kind of support do you, are you going to provide to entrepreneurs you know, as they emerge from, from this crisis? Yeah, well, I think you know, when we think about uh, the role RBC is playing in terms of helping our companies, our Canadians get through this, um, you know, definitely being very much involved in supplying financing uh, through the government's programs, adding in some of the deferrals of payments on, on things like mortgages. So whether we were helping with the Canadian Emergency Benefit uh, Business Account, EDC, BBC loans, you know, facilitating getting cash to these businesses who were really in a tough spot. And of course, all of our advisors um, at RBC have been trying to work with their clients across the broadest spectrum that they can, uh, trying to work on solutions that's going, that will help them get from you know, this very dark place 
uh, onto uh, a strong growth side of the equation and really just get them through this crisis because that's uh, really what we want to do. Don, you know, thanks. Thanks for coming on a Canada's podcast. Uh, you know, as I said, a bunch of us read the report and we thought it was really good. So thanks, thanks for kind of uh, you making yourself available and, and filling in a little bit about the data. Maybe just quickly let everyone know, you know, how they can get the report because I certainly recommend it. Oh yes, sure. Um, yeah, we have it on our thought leadership site. So that's uh, rbc.com backslash thought leadership. And certainly it's um, on our site and it, it is called Five Ways to Help Small Businesses. That's the, the name of the link, um, should you look at, for it. So again, um, that's where you can find our report. And Phil, thank you so much uh, for having me and uh, talking about uh, our research. Uh, we believe it's very, very important to keep these conversations going. Thanks, Dawn. It was r- really informative. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks again. Thanks for listening and watching Canada's podcast. Canada's number one business podcast by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. I'm Philip Bliss, host of the Ontario Edition. See you again soon.